We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, the Chicago Bulls podcast for part of the Blue Iron Network. I am Ricky O'Donnell. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Patton. Jason, I hear you welcomed a new Bulls fan into the world with your wife this weekend. Jason has had a baby son named John, John Pat, and he was born right before a Bulls win against the Portland Trail Blazers. Jace, congrats. That's awesome, dude. Congrats to your wife. And uh, how are you feeling right now? Are you tired? Are you exhausted? I'm I'm actually doing What's okay today. Like? I was actually able to get a lot of sleep last night for reasons that I'm not going to go into right now. But the first couple nights were very tiring. I was like I, said, I was able to catch some, some sleep last night. But uh, yeah, I mean, feeling good. Nice to bring in a, a little... A little child to the world. So uh yeah, John, John Joseph, he will go by JJ. Hopefully he will not be reviled by college basketball fans everywhere. That's <laughs> like JJ Reddick was. But uh um yeah, I mean feeling good. He said he's doing good. He's a cute little guy. So this is again, this is my first first kid. So uh so yeah, exciting stuff. Like I said he yeah, he saw a Bulls victory, saw a Bulls victory first night. He was born on Sunday afternoon, so Bulls Blazers was that night. Uh, and he got a got a win. Uh, obviously, the next the next game against the Raptors was a loss, and that was a tough one. That was brutal. We'll talk more about it. But yeah, overall on the child front, very good. Excited. Um, I'm doing doing good, doing good. So looking forward to the challenges, excitement, and all that fun stuff that comes along with uh, fatherhood. Hell yeah, dude! Super happy for you. And now we can talk about something that sparks far less joy, which is your 2023-2024 Chicago Bulls. The Bulls currently sit at 23-26 and overall in ninth place in the Eastern Conference. It sure seems like the Bulls can stretch out their legs, take off their jacket, and get comfortable in that number nine seed. Because looking at the standings right now, it's 
possible, I guess, that they could catch Orlando. Orlando's two and a half games in front of them for number eight right now. I would be very surprised if anyone below the Bulls caught them, barring an unforeseen blow-it-up trade or a series of unforeseen blow-it-up trades for the Bulls at the trade deadline. Uh, We will, of course, get more into the Bulls' reported lack of activity. Big shocker, Jace. The Bulls reportedly aren't going to do anything at the trade deadline. Who could have guessed that? I don't know if that's reporting or just common sense, but uh, (laughs) Darnell Mayberry of The Athletic did say, you know, the big expectation for the Bulls is that there will be no significant move. Uh, Meanwhile, on the court, the Bulls continue to just sort of putter along a little bit. Uh, The big news this week is that Patrick Williams went down and is ruled out with a foot injury. Uh, Pat has acute bone edema in his left foot. And just Googling this, it sounds pretty scary, Jason. Bone marrow edema occurs when fluid builds up inside of your bone marrow. Uh, The main symptom is pain in and around your bone. So having a guy pat side size with severe pain in his foot, uh, that does not sound like a very good thing for Patrick or for the Bulls. The recovery time on this, just based off what I've seen Googling, is three to nine months. Uh, Obviously, he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. Jace, just going to say right now, I'd be surprised if Pat plays again this season. I hope I'm wrong. Part of that is me being a doomer because the Bulls have a tendency to get these very strange injuries that started, you know, back when Paxson was the... GM of the team for so long. It has continued under Karnashovas. The big example would be the mysterious knee injury to Lonzo Ball that has kept him out for more than two years now. Don't forget, Jace, the Bulls also ruined Javante Green, who is one of the few bright spots on the team as a bench energy guy the last couple of years. He went down with his own bone bruise in his knee. He has not played a basketball game since, from what I could tell. Uh, I believe he signed a G League contract, but it doesn't look like he's played a G League game this year. So he hasn't played an NBA game since Javante Green. That is a huge bummer for him because it happened right when he was about to be a free agent. And now here's Pat going down with a real strange foot injury, acute bone edema in his left foot uh, while he is supposed to hit the restricted free agent market this summer. I am devastated for Patrick because he was potentially staring at a extremely lucrative payday. Whatever that is, we've been debating what Pat can get paid for months at this point. Is it going to be $100 million? Is it going to be $80 million? Whatever it is, Pat was going to be looking at a fat chunk of change. Instead, now his immediate future is thrown into question with this foot injury. Jace, the first thing I'm going to bring up is that uh, just based off like some of the reporting around this injury, Pat has been playing on this thing basically all month. Pat was awesome in December. In January, he suffered uh, you know, some sort of lower body injury, I believe, around the Knicks game, which was Sixers. January 3rd. Okay, right the be- Sixers game. Yeah, right at the turn of the year, which was they had that back-to-back which of Sixers, Knicks, and he heard it in the Sixers game, I believe. Then played against the Knicks the next night. I think we everyone, I think both Kobe and Pat got hurt in that Sixers game. We we're like, oh, there's no way they like maybe they won't play. And then they, I think they both did play in that next game. They lost, but but yeah, uh, and yeah, and he's played. He was, I think he missed a few games here and there throughout the month of January, but played mostly and was very bad compared to like he had had that big kind of breakout month in December, uh, and then he was very bad in January. And I, I would get, have to guess that. Uh, these injuries have played a role. I don't think the initial injury was the same 
foot or or I am I wrong on that? I'd have to check that again, but like I don't think it's the same exact injury, but I'm I'm assuming it's probably related uh trying to play through this thing. Uh, and he was just bad for, for basically all month and then that Lakers game that they lost um that they basically got smoked in in LA last week. Very bad in that game and he has not played since. He set out a couple games and they make this announcement and now yeah, who knows. So terrible stuff. Feel awful for Pat because who knows how this is going to affect, you know, his next contract. And then for the Bulls, man, it his injury with Torrey Craig still out, it really highlights how oddly constructed this team was coming into the season where Pat and Craig were really like the only two forwards on the entire team. Dalen Terry uh, is maybe the size of a forward, but we saw in that Lakers game when he got isolated one-on-one defensively against Rui Hachimura, Rui just like put his shoulder down and tried to overpower him. So he doesn't really have the strength or the weight to defend forwards yet. Then you got Julian Phillips, who I believe is what, 20 years old, 21 years old. He's still very raw. He's been playing and playing pretty well recently, uh, but certainly like no one in their right mind would be expecting to be, quote, competitive like the Chicago Bulls and having Julian Phillips as like kind of a e forward soaking up minutes for you. So uh, I find the Bulls without Pat to be like really boring and kind of depressing to watch. Like obviously Pat has been a frustrating player since he's come here, but he did represent kind of like the one beacon of hope for this team. And it was fun to watch his development and fun to see how well he played in December, even if the results were often inconsistent and have been inconsistent throughout his career. And even if he's the type of guy who consistently leaves you wanting more because (laughs) he's not exactly, let's say a uh, high motor forward, but uh, Pat still does bring a lot to the table for the bulls. And while I was watching the Raptors game, Arguably the Bulls' worst loss of this entire season, Jason, which happened on Tuesday night. Bulls lose to the Raptors at home 118-107. I thought that you could really feel Pat's absence in that game. Like, say what you will about Pat. Yeah, the dude can barely score 10 points a game. Yeah, uh, you know, he has plenty of flaws in terms of his inability to consistently get buckets. But he's the team's second-best defensive player behind Alex Caruso, to me. He's the team's third best floor spacer behind Zach Levine, who hasn't really played this season, and then Kobe White. He's hitting more than 40% of his threes. He's been uh, just like a really key piece in terms of providing rim protection next to Vooch, who we know can't really jump, can't really do a ton athletically. Pat at least has a little bit more juice there. And yeah, I, uh, I'm pretty bummed about this Patrick injury just from the team's perspective. Because as Tory Craig still remains out, there's not he a lot of guys to... who can replicate what Pat can do. And yeah, Craig Tory Craig is supposed soon. to be back pretty soon. Yeah, I think he was upgraded to doubtful for the Hornets game, which they did win. It feels like they played the Hornets. I think I saw Will Gottlieb, our guy, tweet out something about how like the Bulls have played like almost a quarter of their schedule against the Hornets, Raptors. And Spurs. They played 11 games against those three teams. They, all three of those teams stink, and the Bulls have played, what, 49 games? So, kind of crazy. But yeah, Torrey Craig, I believe, was upgraded to doubtful for that game, which means, uh, while he didn't play, like, clearly close to returning, um, which is at least a good sign. Like, you mentioned some of those other guys. I mean, you mentioned Dale and Terry. Dale and Terry is also hurt. He sprained his ankle, I believe, in that Raptors game. 
and he was on crutches. I don't know if he's going to miss a ton of time, but he's also hurt. Julian Phillips has played a little bit better in some of his minutes lately. Uh, he played really well was that Blazers game. Um, and I saw people going crazy on Twitter, like, oh, Julian Phillips, like, get Patrick Williams out of here. Like, <laughs> Julian Phillips is going to be the guy. Like, let's, let's chill out there, like, a few good minutes for young players, whatever it happens. But nice to see him play a little better lately. But, yeah, uh, just, yeah, they, we've thought, I mean, we've talked forever about how the Bulls just, like, don't have many forwards on the team. And with Craig out, with Pat out, Dale and Terry's hurt. Julian Phillips is a, is a rookie. They just, like, don't have much of that spot. And, I mean, just in general, the team right now, it's you, you call them. What did you say? They're puttering around, I think, is a really good way to put it. Just kind of meandering around three to five games under 500. Uh, like the Raptors game gave them an opportunity. What were they three games under at that game? They could have beat if they could have won that game. I mean, ultimately, I guess it doesn't even matter. But they win that game. They beat the Hornets again because they've beaten the Hornets every time they swept them four zero. Like you get to one game under 500 coming into the game this weekend, they have, I think the Kings and Timberwolves coming up uh, at home, like before the trade deadline, but instead you lose, you, he said the Bulls have actually done really well against shitty teams. Like last year, I feel like a hallmark of the team was just like, they lost a bunch of bad games this year. They've not really done that. Like they have bum slayed really well. The, they, they had, they lost that Pistons game infamously at the start of the year where Zach scored 51 or whatever with no assists. And they got fucking smoked by a piss Pistons team that has what? Six wins, seven wins on the season that went to, uh, went on a historically long losing streak right after that. Um, but besides that, 4-0 against the Hornets, 3-0 against the Spurs. They beat the Blazers the other night. They beat the Zombie Grizzlies. Uh, they did beat the Pistons in the next game. So, like, the Bulls have bum slayed pretty damn well this year. They've, they've beaten the Raptors a couple times. They also, they're 2-2 two two against the Raptors. I tweeted this out. The Bulls are 23-26. and 26. They are... Nine and one against the bottom five teams. They have not played the Wizards yet, but bottom five teams, Pistons, Hornets, Spurs, Wizards, they've not played yet. And then I think it's the Blazers. The Grizzlies are right there, obviously, too, and they beat them. The Raptors are also one of the worst teams, but it's nine and one against the bottom five, one win against the Grizzlies, two and two against the Raptors. And then it's like 13 and 25 against everybody else or 11 and 25 against everybody else. Something like that. So like uh, the Bulls have bump slayed really well. And they've been mostly crap against good against good teams. Like they have a few really nice wins, but ultimately it just kind of boils down to a team that is okay. Again, uh, Casey Johnson tweeted out, I think it was today, same record at this point this year as last year, twenty three and twenty six. Um, the offensive and defensive ratings are like almost identical. It's continuity. The Bulls talk about continuity. They are basically the same team this season as they are last season, and it's like. Like you mentioned, like the play-in race, like could they get to maybe seven or eight? Like Miami and the Magic have kind of been sucking for a while. The, the Heat just ended their long losing streak. The Magic have been puttering around. They've been pretty bad for like a month or two now. Like could the Bulls get up there to like seven and host a play-in game? Sure, possibly, but like ultimately, again, we've we kind of know where this is going, uh, and ending up, and like we still get to see watch Kobe White's been again a beacon of hope as well been great 35 points almost a triple double against the hornets one of the best games but again, no like nobody cared about this hornets game i was not able to watch again i've been dealing with a newborn but so i haven't been able to watch that much but i've been kind of paying attention uh and just like no one ca- i feel like there was like nobody on the beat in charlotte besides joe cowley there was like nobody tweeting about the game when it was happening just nobody cared about this game and it's kind of like where the bulls are at like the darnell report 
kind of just like helped just like bring just everyone down to like, oh my God, like they're going to really do this again uh, and like not make any moves. They're not going to do anything. They're just going to keep going with this team. Uh, I know like Kendall Gill was going off the other day about how he thinks that they deserve like not only a chance this year, but like I think he said a chance next year. I didn't get to see him talking on the post game. And I know he was on like the Bernstein and Holmes on 670 to score, like defending the team, defending this core and talking about how they need more time and yada, 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 whatever. Like, no, they don't. We know where this is going. But like, so the team is kind of just like puttering, meandering, whatever you want to call it along right now. So like, so yeah, so I guess back to you, Ricky, just kind of with where things at with the path thing is a bummer. Where the how the team has been playing, they've they've been kind of just like playing 500 ball for a while, and like all their wins are against shitty teams. Credit to them again for not losing to these bad teams, but like it just doesn't inspire much confidence when like all you're doing is beating bad teams and losing the games against good teams. Like they've been relatively competitive. They should have they were up 20 against the Suns, uh, the Lakers. They got mostly smoked. The game got close at the end because the Lakers weren't really trying defensively. But most of the games they've played against good teams lately, they lose uh, and they beat the bad teams. So like. As we are a week away from the trade deadline now, just what is your mindset on the, on the team as a whole on that Darnell report? I know we've kind of talked about how we don't expect much to happen, but uh, do you still feel that way? Do you think that's still just kind of like, oh, do, like that's just kind of like the general common sense thing to think? Are they actually maybe doing stuff? Are they actually going to make a trade? There's still not much out there about Zach or any real rumors about anything. So where is your kind of head at about where the team is at and with the trade down, deadline coming up? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This team is is just so boring, man. And it's one of the worst things I could say about this team because, honestly, I've watched almost every Bulls game this year. I wasn't able to catch uh, the Hornets game because I was at the Northwestern women's basketball game watching Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes play in Evanston. Uh, Also at that game was Julia Poe, the Tribune's Bulls beat reporter. So, you know, the Tribune also decided that... uh, (laughs) You know, Caitlin Clark was more exciting than the Bulls. Solidarity with the Tribune and they're on strike today. 
Hopefully they get everything they're asking for. Uh, and yeah, dude, it's like last year, DeRozan, Vooch, and Levine all had pretty awesome individual seasons. Like it's easy to forget now, but like Vooch in a contract year was totally on fire as a shooter from all over the floor. That has not maintained this year. DeRozan, you know, just gets a little bit worse every year. It seems like he's still a very good player, but especially on short rest now, his game just kind of totally craters. Uh, last year, a little bit better than Levine. Last season, the last 60 games, he was electric. He's averaged 26 a game on like 63 true shooting. So he was awesome last year. You're getting nothing from Levine this year. DeRozan is just slipping down the age curve a little bit more and more. And Vooch has somehow turned into the worst high-volume shooter in the NBA. Nobody who has taken more, nobody who has taken as many three-pointers as Vooch is even within four percentage points of how low his three-point percentage is. He's hitting like, I got the numbers in front of me right here. So let's be exact about it. He's hitting 27% of his threes on four attempts per game. I believe the next lowest three-point percentage for someone who has taken this many threes is Franz Wagner with like 31% from three. So uh, this is an outlier bad shooting season from Vooch. And be- besides for shooting from three, his uh, field goal percentage has also dipped from the mid-range too. So uh, Vooch pretty significantly worse this year. We talked about DeRozan. Obviously, Zach, it's evident he's worse. Why this sucks is because the rest of the team is actually much better. The role players are much better this year than they were last year, starting, obviously, with Kobe White, who has really uh, taken up the space left by Levine's absence and used it to become a borderline all-star. One of the only reasons to watch the team, arguably maybe the only reason right now. Kobe is fun. He is good. He is everything that is right in this world. Then you got Alex Caruso, who has suddenly morphed into a 41% three-point shooter on the highest volume of his career, 4.4 attempts per game. He's even playing more minutes this year, uh, 26 and a half minutes per game. That's quite a bit for Caruso. He's been mostly durable. He's appeared in 42 games. Uh, So... You know, you really can't ask for anything more out of Caruso. He's been totally incredible this season. Uh, Io DeSumo has also had a better year this year than last year. I believe Io last year was at about 31% from three. Uh, This year, you know, he's still not a guy that people are guarding, but he is hitting 38.3% of his threes this year. So a 7% jump uh, in three-pointer. Io just had a 50-40-90 month in, in January. Obviously wow. not on huge volume, but like he just had a great, he probably had just had the best month of his career, or at least really close. I'd have to look back, but like he was, yeah, 50, 40, 90, and I think like 12 or 13 points a game. So like I was legitimately been playing really well lately too. Yeah. So like a lot of these guys are better, but now the big three or the mid threes, we should call them, <laughs> are older. They are worse. They're sliding down the age curve. They're hurt. You know, Drummond's probably been better this year than last year, too. He's actually been, like, a nice positive contributor for them. So it just sucks, dude. Like, we know that this era of the team was always going nowhere. And at this point, it's really hard to get excited to continue to watch the Bulls. And I am going to watch them because I'm a sicko. And sickos (laughs) like me and you will sit there and be invested in this team. But it's too bad because Chicago is such a great basketball town. The Chicago sports scene is currently so ripe for the taking because all of our teams are garbage. Save us, Caleb Williams. We need you because (laughs) the rest of this town is in deep trouble sports-wise. And... Uh, you know, we're just staring down another trade deadline where we know they're going to disappoint us. Like a smart 
front office would look at the situation the Bulls are in and say, well, this sucks. We obviously need to pivot this. The first thing you probably do is trade Alex Caruso, who has one year remaining on his deal after this year is vastly underpaid and is having the best season of his career. This guy could help out basically any contender in the NBA. Uh, the Bulls could have a major bidding war, sell them off to the highest bidder. I think they could really do well in that trade to recoup some assets for a team that is very light on future assets, still owes a first-round pick for DeRozan next year, yet Arturis Karnaschovas refuses to do it. Why? It's because, Jason, as we've talked about on this podcast ad nauseum over the last uh, couple of years, the Bulls aspire to make the playoffs, not win championships. All they want to do is be the worst team to make the playoffs and to get slaughtered. If they do that, you know, they avoid, uh, or I guess, you know, they, they want to do anything but get slaughtered. They'll lose the series, but as long as they have tough, competitive losses, <laughs> they don't really care because, you know, hey, we made the playoffs. We had a good season. Arturis is going to pat himself on the back and talk about how pleased he is with his job performance on the rare occasions he does speak into a microphone. So, uh it just sucks, dude. It doesn't feel like there's any hope. The team's not any good. They're not terrible. I still like our guys. I'm still having fun watching Kobe play. But especially without Pat, now I'm like, there's no size on this team. There's not enough floor spacing. There's not enough defense. There's not enough, like, even theoretical upside that Pat offers. So it's like, what's the point of watching this stupid team? It's really for, Co- it's for Kobe White. Are... It's really yeah. only Kobe White. He's like the only reason. We love Caruso. Uh, but again, like we think he should probably be traded. And if he's not, like, well, still love watching him. Uh, it's really for Kobe. Like, Kobe's basically, again, he, the All-Stars came out today. We knew, we knew he was not going to make it. But, like, playing at an All-Star caliber level for a couple months now. Um, and, he, he again, he was awesome against the Hornets. And just in general, he's been great. He's been fun. He's fun to watch. And he's really kind of drag. If he had not made this kind of starish turn here, the Bulls would probably have like three or four more losses and just be like totally, totally fucking hopeless. Now they are just still kind of hopeless and meandering along with Kobe, at least as a legitimate piece moving forward. Uh, but yeah, like now, now as we go into the deadline here, and like again, the Darnell report where it's all like no one around the team expects anything, no one like around the league expects anything, yada, yada, yada. Like I don't even know if that includes the Zach trade, but again, right now, like. The Zach stuff that is well, the only thing we've heard about the Zach thing, Zach stuff is basically the Pistons stuff from last week at the Athletic and Mark Stein kind of echoed it too. But we haven't heard anything since then. Uh, but the Pistons don't want to trade any of their main guys. Did we even talk about this? I can't remember when this report came out. Uh, but it was basically the Pistons have said Ivy, Cade, Jalen Duran, Osar Thompson, all these guys untouchable in a deal. Uh, and that the Bulls were like looking at something that was like, uh, Bogdanovich, and then they would ideally get one of those young guys, Jaden Ivey, we've talked about before, um, and that's what they're looking for. Like, if the Pistons are not... I, I do feel like the Pistons might have to choose between Cade and Jaden Ivey, but I don't know if they're ready to do that just yet, uh, which is why I think we've kind of thought maybe Jaden Ivey could be gettable, um, because just like the him and Cade have kind of just been a little off again. They are very young. But like, so like if the Bulls, if they, they should be hammering that, just like call the Pistons every day. Like, Hey, give us Jay and Ivy and whoever else for Zach Levine. Let's fucking do this. But again, doesn't seem like there's been anything on that front since those initial reports came out last week. Um, and besides that, yeah, Caruso, all we've heard on Caruso is Bulls don't want to, Bulls don't want to trade him. 
Uh, they need two first round picks to even like think about it. And then even then, like they still might not do it close to untouchable. DeMar DeRozan, we've heard like basically nothing about it all. Like, I guess there was some stuff where it's like, oh, well, the Bulls might think have to think about trading him. And like teams around the league think they might look to trade him. Uh, and there was stuff about how like, oh, like if he do- the Bulls do trade him, all oh, like the, the Knicks or Heat he would like. Blah blah blah. That was a long time ago. We've heard like nothing about Demar in the last like few weeks, and uh, for what we've we've heard, the Bulls love Demar and they'd love to resign him, but it doesn't seem like they're very close on an extension number. And I'm sure Demar wants to get paid a lot. Who knows? But yeah. Ultimately, like if they keep this thing together again and just like keep going again, it's just like you know, what are we doing here? Like, what are what are you building towards? What are you having? And it all comes back to kind of what you said before. Like they're not really building towards anything. They're basically saying we are fine with where we're at. We think this team is good enough to be competitive, to make a plan, to maybe get through the plan, maybe make a run and and maybe get lucky in the playoffs, depending on matchups. Uh, and that's fine with us. And we're good with that. And like, maybe we can catch some lightning in a bottle and like, that's fine with where, and that's, and that's kind of what their goal is. It's how they've acted. It's kind of what they've said with, which kind of what they've done with this team. Um, and that's that. So like, I don't even know if I could be mad if they don't do anything at this deadline, because it's just like, we've kind of seen it coming. Um, uh, but I, although they still need to do something like, uh, our guy, Matt, your, your friendly bulls blogger, bloggable on a Substack wrote, wrote about it today about like, like how we need to like, they need to do something. They, they can make a trade to just to make a trade and do anything. Like we've talked about trade Andre Drummond for something, couple second rounders. We've heard about the Lakers possible interest. I think that I the Rockets had, I think had some interest. The, the Rockets apparently want to go like big game hunting, but they're also looking at other moves. They want to compete. They want to fast track the rebuild here a bit. Uh, Andre Drummond, go get a couple seconds for him or something, a young player. Uh, we see whatever. He's a free agent. He's a veteran free agent. Like, what are you keeping him around for? Who the fuck cares? Like, John Carter has been a total bust as a signing. Again, his value is not going to be that high, but like maybe some other team contender thinks, oh, maybe we can use him in a better in a better role. Like, like he played in Milwaukee. Uh, maybe Milwaukee would take him back. If they're looking to help their defense under Doc Rivers, like maybe they would take him back and give some seconds or a second, like whatever. Like, make some type of trade just do something any i will take almost anything for at this deadline to at least show that they have any type of any type of pulse and to like build towards them or if if they really believe in this core i mean i don't want them to make like a stupid like ad trade but like uh try something to add to the talent if you really believe this is like the team that's gonna do something like do anything to make the team better in some way like you just can't do nothing Doing nothing should not be an option for this team. Chase, they're going to do nothing. (laughs) We both already know they're going to do nothing, and it is totally unforgivable. Karnaschovas is, I mean, I kept calling him a dum-dum for a long time, and people who would listen to that occasionally would get mad at me for questioning, um, you know, how sharp the guy is. (laughs) But if he does nothing again this year, like, do do I get... Any sort of, uh, you know, I mean, I just like I couldn't even imagine like skeptics has has a front office. I was going to say, has a front office ever? I'm sure they have. But like in like this NBA, has a front office ever like not made a single trade three years in a row at the deadline? Like That's insane. They've made one trade. The only trade they've made over the offseason in that period is trading up at the draft to get Julian Phillips. Right. Where they traded a bunch of second round picks. To move up to get Julian Phillips. Yeah, right. They haven't even done anything like, in the off seasons either. Yeah, since since the twenty twenty one off season where they get Lonzo, they get Demar, they get Caruso, they've made one 
trade. And that was, they traded two second rounders to move up to get to draft Julian Phillips. And that's it. So that's multiple deadlines. That is multiple off seasons where they've made one trade and it didn't even involve players. Like they're like, that insane, married. Dude. yeah, go ahead. When Carter Chavez was hired, I wrote a thing with like four, you know, four points of emphasis for our tourists uh, that he needs to, you know, act on as the new leader of the bulls in place of Garpax. And the first thing I believe on that list was make more trades because Paxson never made a trade. Paxson would go forever without making a trade. And somehow we got another guy who is just totally scared to make a trade. Karnashova spent all this time waiting to become a lead NBA decision maker. And the only move he could think of was to trade all of his draft picks for Nikola Vucevic. (laughs) What are you doing, Arturis? Why do you even want to be a lead decision maker? If that's all you got and then you're too scared to try to do anything again because that first one worked out so horribly... Also, by the way, Jace, Arturis at the last draft said he was pleased with how the Vooch trade worked out. He literally said that coming into this season. Just totally mine, you know, totally stupid. Ugh. I'm getting upset now, but Jace, here's what I want to throw out at you. Let's say the Pistons will not trade Ivy in yeah. Zach trade. But they say, listen, we'll take Zach from you for Bogdanovich. Joe Harris's expiring deal and a top five protected first round pick, uh, the earliest one they can offer. I don't know what that is off the top of my head. It might be 20. They have but. the Pistons have some weird. They have a pick out to, I think, the Knicks where there's protections through like 2027, but they can do it where they can have it set up where like you have the language on it where it's like, this will convey two years after like that, that Pistons pick conveys. So like if for somehow that Pistons pick conveyed like next year, uh, I think it would then turn into like a 2026. So you can, so even though that they do have a pick that's out and that has protections on it, that goes for like a few years, you can do it. You can say it with this language in it. We're like, okay, like this pick can be traded, but it would have to come a couple years after it gets conveyed to the next. And I, like I said, I think the protections for that pick go through 2027. Something. Oh so, like man. Bogdanovich, two years, twenty million. So he'd have he'd be an expiring contract next year, and I believe he only has a partial guarantee. Yes, and it's small. It's I think it's two million for like four million or two million. Yeah, it's something. Joe small. Harris, he's an expiring. Both of those guys would basically only offer you cap relief. Bogdanovich is still an elite shooter. He's shooting over forty percent from three, but he looks totally washed. Uh, this is Pistons Bogdanovich, to be clear. Yeah, Hawks Bogdanovich is very good. Pistons Bogdanovich is mostly washed he's one of the worst defensive players in the league that's been the case for a long time he's only getting older now he can shoot that thing though which would help the bulls a little bit uh and then you know maybe you get a lightly protected draft pick are you doing that trade for zach levine jace or do you say screw that we're going to reassess our options in the offseason we're going to reassess our options next year uh this trade would give the bulls you know uh, a decent asset i guess with the pistons lightly protected first round pick it would give them a guy they could play this year in Bogdanovich, uh, though I don't think he's really any good in terms of his all-around impact. And more than anything, it would be about getting Zach off the team. Are you accepting that trade, Jason, Pat? If that's the best offer on the table, I would kind of lean yes. Because I think at this point, I just kind of think this need this needs to like happen and just so everybody can move on. Um, maybe that's bad. Maybe that's like being too like emotionally driven with this and like. But like, is 
when is like Zach's value going to actually get better? Like he's hurt. He's been bad. Uh, like, I guess maybe if he somehow came back this year and was good and the bulls went on some type of run, like maybe they could get some better offers, but just like playing the percentages of what's going to happen. Like, I feel like there's just not, I mean, and again, I guess a smaller contract, but even still, like, is the, is anything going to get better in this off season? Like, I don't know. Like you can maybe argue that, Oh, like maybe they can keep Zach and maybe trade other, the veterans and pivot and maybe try like Zach and Kobe moving and like Pat as kind of a younger ish. Again, Zach's not really young anymore, but core and try to like build around that instead. Like, I don't know if that's, if he, he would be happy if he'd still be moping. Like, I don't know. So like I would lean yes, just like to do something and kind of just move on because it just feels like this thing is over. Um, and just like, again, waiting and waiting, it just seems like it wouldn't be the right thing to do. And if you do get him off the team and you clear out that salary, you just kind of clear up your books a little bit and just kind of go in a different direction. Because we talk about the Bulls needing to like just go pick some type of lane, go maybe ideally go in a different direction. And again, a big part of that would be trading Zach. He's been around for a while and we've defended him for a while. So like, I mean, I wouldn't feel great about it, but just like the market just seems so crappy for him. And I just don't know if it'll ever get that great again, given his health problems right now, given how he has played, how he played the season before he got hurt. Just like, was that, I mean, it was kind of talked about all oh, like Zach needs to come back and like show that he can play winning basketball to help his value. Like, again, like, are you going to, are you going to wait around for that to happen? Uh, and just kind of still dilly dally around with the same core as that. And Pray that something different happens. Uh, I feel like that's not a great bet. I mean, maybe they do do it. I could see this front office doing it. I would lean towards not doing it. How about you? And, and by, by not doing it, I mean I would do the trade and not wait around. But yeah, I'd probably do the trade. I'd probably just get it over with. Uh, you know, feel shitty. Seems most, but yeah, it, it's just it would be like a lose lose trade all the way around. And yeah, I don't think I would do it unless you got a first round pick. You need at least one and, prime asset. You get you need to get yeah. some one thing. Like I'm not doing it for like bogey salary filler and then like nothing else. Like that's and legitimate if, trash. And you know what? I want all the seconds we could get from yeah. it too. Yeah. If they'll give us a pick swap, I would love that. I mean, yeah. the Bulls have never valued second round picks in their history, regardless of who's running the team. And, uh, you know, that's really stupid. They should be trying to find cheap talent however they can. Uh, so, yeah, I would probably do it just to get rid of Levine. But it's too bad because Levine's still 28. These should be his prime years, man. And he was so good last year. Can he still be a good player? I think so, but yeah. with the way Kobe ascended when he was out, I kind of find it hard to believe that like both those guys can get theirs together next to each other and that the team can win with that. Like with DeMar you, here too, still. <laughs> and yeah, like you could I guess you could talk me into like, you know, get rid of DeMar, trade DeMar, and then it's Kobe and Zach next year. But Kobe and Zach have never been a great pairing in the backcourt because uh, you know, they're both sort of uh, thin, short-armed. They're just, like, not, like, a good fit together to me, especially defensively. And offensively, Kobe has sort of ascended now to being, like, a point guard who has, like, complete control of the game. But Levine, he's got the same problems as always. You know, we've d d discussed them constantly on this podcast yeah. since we started it. I don't think Levine is going to suddenly take a big passing leap. 
you know, at this point in his career. I would love to be wrong about that, but, you know, I would bet against it. So, you know what, 10 years now he's been in the league? Like, at some point you are who you are. Like, again, at, yeah. the development's not linear. Guys make jumps. I mean, we've seen Kobe make this jump in year five. Saul Lowry. We've seen guys have kind of big years. I don't know, like Andrew Wiggins with the Warriors, but like, and he's kind of, that's proven to be an outlier. So, like, Zach all of a sudden, like, turning into some savant playmaker in year whatever it is, 10 Probably not. So the playing the percentage like, I, I don't want to ever say never, never say never in in this league. But uh, most likely not. He kind of is what he is in terms of like his ceiling. Uh, it's a matter yeah. of can he get back to that like level that he's been at before. Chase, the other thing I wanted to say is that like this is really would be a smart time to pivot to a rebuild because they owe the pick to the San Antonio Spurs next season, I believe it is top eight protected next year and top 10 protected the next two years after that. So it would be dope to be able to keep that pick because this Bulls team desperately needs young talent. The Bulls will have their first round pick this year. Right now it'd be slated to be the 11th pick in the draft. So, you know, what can you do? I mean, this is a shitty week draft and 11th is not a premium pick, but it's still nice to have a pick that high. And Uh, it would make a lot of sense for the Bulls to trade DeRozan, to trade Levine, to trade Caruso, and to try to pivot into a rebuild because, you know, if this is what this team is going to be, and it is, because it's what they've kind of been since Lonzo went down in the first place. You can't count on Lonzo to come back next year and save you. It just makes no sense to fucking keep running your head into the wall again and again and again. And... I just wonder like when the attendance would start to dip, because if you look for Bulls tickets now, at least in the secondary market, they're still really expensive. Uh, I was, is the next game against the Kings? Kings My, uh, uh, yeah, I think it's Kings Timberwolves coming up both home games. Before, the two games left before the trade deadline. Uh, so Saturday right now it says, yeah, you know, this Kings game and it is on a Saturday, but it's 63 bucks for the cheapest ticket to get in the stadium on the second hand market. So that's pretty expensive. The uh, the Wolves game is significantly cheaper. Though. It's only 21 bucks on Tuesday uh, on the secondary market. So, yeah, I don't know. It seems like the attendance falling off could be the one thing that could really sway their mind that this is a noble goal worth pursuing to be the worst team to make the playoffs and to be totally pleased with yourself if you build a dog shit sub 500 team and never even attempt to make any move to make them any better or to you know give your fan base more hope for the future and to just be so satisfied with it that's what drives me crazy so uh Arturis is he's a bad GM I mean, there's no doubt about it. The guy stinks. He should be fired. Uh, It blows because I really got my hopes up when they fired Garpax. I was, you know, I talked myself into the Vooch trade. I was feeling good about where this was headed, I thought. And I was totally wrong about that. Uh, I wouldn't say I was like a true full believer, but, you know, I liked what they were doing just to try to win some games. But here's the thing. The team hasn't been the same since Lonzo. Any sharp front office would have pivoted when that quickly became evident. The Bulls are still doing the exact same bullshit two and a half years later. So uh, at a certain point, Arturis needs to look in the mirror and realize he is the one at the controls for this team. We know the Reinsdorfs don't want to do anything. And it's on Arturis to like, you know, to make something good happen, to give us some hope. And right now that has not been the case. So, you know, we could continue to talk about sort of the on-court things going on with this team, but it's just sort of depressing. And we've just seen it 
you know, for several years here, Kobe's white, Kobe White's leap has been awesome. I will say, while I didn't uh, watch the full game against the Hornets, Kobe made one move in the first quarter that I saw a highlight of where he took a dribble handoff from Vooch coming from left to right, hit a nasty in and out dribble with his left, hung in the air with hang time, banked it in with his right hand. That was a great example of the growth Kobe has shown as a ball handler, as a scorer, as someone who could get buckets from all three levels. I thought that was a really cool clip of him from that game. And he game. postered somebody too, didn't he? He, he had another dunk, Kobe. Yeah. And I tweeted this when, uh, you know, when he tied his dunks mark from last year. But right now, Kobe's got seven dunks, and I believe he never had more than four before this season. So, you know, a lot of the, uh, yeah, he had four last year. Actually, his career high was seven his second year. But, you know, Kobe had four dunks last year, five dunks the year before, and he's already got seven this year. So he's going to probably, you know, easily double his uh, dunk total. I think that that's another example of the strength training he's done. And, uh, you know, Caruso said he deadlifts a lot. He seems like he's a lot stronger out there. So that's been cool. Uh, but I don't know, dude, like, do you want to do a big Julian Phillips breakdown right now? Like, I don't, I don't have the enough, uh, optimism or energy in me to do that at the moment. And so it's kind of like, we've been seeing the same team over and over. I get that there's probably a certain segment of the pop of the fan base. that's like, okay, we only talk about, you know, these hypothetical trades that are never going to happen. Like, what are we really focusing on this team? Well, it's because Arturis hasn't given us much to get excited about, Jason, and the Bulls are stuck in the same depressing position they've been in the last two years, and they refuse to get themselves the help they need. Yep, it will be interesting, like, these last two games here before the deadline. Kings, Timberwolves, like, it gives you a couple of good, good opponents, and again, I believe they're at home, uh, like, if they the Bulls win these two games, a game under 500 going into the trade deadline with some big wins, like, uh, would that would they would AK try to buy at the trade deadline? Uh, and like, I don't even know how you would buy at this point. It'd basically be trying to use Lonzo's contract and their draft pick this year. I, could they can they even trade their draft? No, they can't trade their draft pick this year until the no. actual draft. So they have the Blazers pick. So, yes, yeah, so they'd have to trade the Blazers. They'd have to use the Blazers pick and like whatever Lonzo's deal. Maybe you throw in a role player or something like I haven't even considered the possibility of buying uh for this roster but i do want the worst thing they could do is sink more assets into this team this team sucks it's going nowhere so if no it's like if it's the Bla- if it's the blazers pick like i guess i wouldn't care that much like if you were able right. to get something for lots that's never going to convey yeah right it's like a fake pick the blazers going to be re- rebuilding probably for a few years here. So like if they did something again with lonzo's 20 million and that blazers pick and it got you something i mean they can pop like I don't know if the Pistons would actually trade for trade Bogdanovich for that, but like and again, he is kind of washed. He is a good shooter still. Like if they did, I I wouldn't I guess surprise me if AK tried something like that to bring in some like some more shooting if it didn't cost that much. Uh I guess and if they did that, like if, with that pick, like I'd be like, fine, all right. You at least did something. Again, do something, do anything. Like if you believe in this team. Try to make the team better. Like, I don't want to make some stupid all-in trade with assets that like actually matter for your future. But like, if you could do something with that fake Blazers pick and some salary to help the team get better, fine. If that if that at least show that they like whatever misguidedly or not whatever believe in this team, this core winning games, 
I could disagree uh, how they feel about this team, but at least they, at least it shows they like tried to do something to help them. Uh, because like the worst thing you could do is just doing nothing, and that's what they've done is do nothing. Like they talk all the stuff about how whatever you believe in this core and they need continuity to get better, but like they're clearly like not good enough. So how are you? How do you believe in them, but also like not add to them? Like you, okay, well, this is our core. Like they're good. Like how are you not? Like we've talked we've talked before about how like some of these other good teams, the Celtics, other good teams. They have superstar cores, and they're still always looking to make moves and make it make them better. And this front office has a core that's not been good enough, but they they still believe in apparently. But they have not done done enough to to make it better to 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 make them better. So it's like, what are you doing? So do something, add to the team, make some smaller trades, just do anything, do something. That's the bottom line. That should be the title of this episode, Jace. Do yeah. something. Yeah, February eighth is the trade deadline. Ladies and gentlemen, in and, a week, uh, week out, under a week now at this point. Jace, I mean, that'll be our next podcast. We will get very angry at the Bulls. <laughs> I, like I, said, I don't even know if I'd get angry if <laughs> if they don't do anything. Because it's just like, well, we kind of called it. Like, that's that. Like, we could probably stir up some uh, fire and brimstone if we really need to. But, like, it would just kind of be a like. father now and he's going soft. but jj has changed him already (laughs) yeah um yeah we'll see again under a week left until this trade deadline and we will see if they surprise us um i think that's about wrap it up we have we've covered i think pretty much everything right again all-star reserves came out today of course the bulls were not gonna have anybody in the all-star team damar has been fine but not close to good enough kobe uh, again, Kobe been, like, was an... snubbed for my snubbed list. There you uh, go. Top nine biggest snubs <laughs> yeah. in the NBA, and Kobe didn't make it, so he got snubbed from the snub list. Just not his first few weeks of the year were just so rough uh, that really kind of brings his numbers down. But he's obviously been very good, and there's obviously just so much talent around the league. Uh, I mean, a guy, I mean, Trey Young is averaging like 27 and 10, and he didn't even make the All Star game. Uh, so there's a lot of talent out there. Um, and other guys to other tough subs like the Kings didn't get De'Aaron Fox or Demata Sabonis. Like that's tough. So, um, and then I'm sure there's a lot like Sengun didn't make it. I'm sure there's a bunch of other guys I'm missing. I haven't looked that closely at them yet, but um, yeah, so no all-stars. The Bulls have no rising stars either. Uh, so they have like, no, I don't know. We'll see. Well, have they, I mean, Kobe should be in the three point contest at the very least. I don't, think that's been announced or reported yet, but hopefully Kobe's at least in that because he definitely should be and deserves that, but we'll see on that front. But yep. Um, I think that'll do it for us here on this episode of cash considerations, a Chicago bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the blue wire network. If you like he, what we're doing here at cash, tons of other great pods all across the network and tons of great NBA trade deadline um, analysis and rumor mongering and slop feeding and all that good stuff all across the blue wire network and for us here at cash please rate and review us give us those five star ratings or whatever you want to give us ratings you can give us feedback whatever you want to say there we're on apple podcast spotify stitcher google Podcasts, all those good places uh you can follow us on twitter or x or whatever you want to call it i'm at bulls underscore j ricky is at sp underscore ricky follow his stuff at spnation.com as he mentioned all he wrote about all star snubs and please follow clutchpoints.com as well so that's going to do it for us here. One week away, the NBA trade deadline. We will talk to you guys next time.